Well, thank God. Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold podcast is excited about season three and more fabulous guests. We've been talking with and sharing stories, experiences, and laughs with singers, songwriters, musicians, and independent artists in continuing gospel music at its gold. The guests on this show have tirelessly been on the battlefield to bring God's word through song, deed, and action. We also present tribute shows honoring those whom are no longer with us physically, but have left a legacy of gold with their contributions. We hope to continue bringing exciting shows and present great episodes and growing your knowledge in gospel music and its gold to keep you coming back for more. Welcome to Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. Giving tribute today, Professor Alex Bradford, a musician, composer, director, recording, and gospel music theater artist. He first appeared on a vaudeville stage at the age of four and in his teen years started his own radio show. Alex received the title professor because while in college, he assisted in teaching music classes to other students. He started his recording career in the 1950s. Alex started a few singing groups which bared his name and was a successful recording artist with a few albums. His greatest success came later as he was one of the first black artists to perform a gospel show in the Netherlands. He was imitated by rock and roll and reggae stars and influenced soul singers. In some circles, people thought of him as creating the mass choir movement. That recognition could have followed the 1960 recording with the New York Abbasian Baptist Gospel Choir, consisting of 120 voice choir which was under the direction of Professor Alex Braxford. In 1959, Alex Bradford and the Alex Bradford Singers sold over one million copies of the title album, Walking with the King. They subsequently recorded several more albums to add to their discography. Professor Alex did not only tour with his singers, he traveled overseas with Mahalia Jackson, Madeline Bell, Henrietta Wadi, and so many others. Welcome to Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. Alex Bradford was born in January 1927. He was affectionately known as Professor Alex Bradford. He was a multi-talented gospel composer, singer, arranger, and choir director, who was an influence on artists such as Little Richard, Bob Marley, and Ray Charles, and helped bring about the modern mass choir movement in gospel. 
Now, Professor Bradford was born in Bessemer, Alabama, and he first appeared on stage at the age of four, making his debut in vaudeville, of all things. <laughs> he grew up in a rich and varied musical tradition of gospel, blues, country, and light opera. He then joined the children's gospel group at the age of 13 and soon obtained his own radio show. He organized another group after his mother sent him to New York following a racial incident. Hmm. <laughs> he continued singing after returning to attend the Snow Hill Institute in Snow Hill, Alabama. Now to tell a little bit of history of Snow Hill, Snow Hill Normal and Industrial Institute was known as the Colored Industrial and Literary Institute of Snow Hill. It was a historic Afro-American school in Snow Hill, Alabama, which was founded in 1893 by Dr. William James Edwards, a graduate of Tuskegee University and began in a one-room log cabin. That tells about our history <laughs> and the determination. Now, the school grew over time to include a campus of 27 buildings with a staff of 35 and over 400 students. The school was operated as a private school for African-American children until Dr. Edwards' retirement in 1924, when it became a public school operated by the state of Alabama. Now, this is where Alex acquired the title professor while he was teaching other students in the school. He moved, Alex moved to Chicago in 1947 where he worked briefly with Roberta Martin and toured with Mahalia Jackson. Then he struck out on his own with his own group, the Bradford Singers, followed by another group, the Bradford Specials. He recorded his first hit record, Too Close to Heaven, in 1954, which billed him as Professor Alex Bradford and the Singers which sold over 1 million copies and was awarded a gold disc. Now, back then, they called it a gold disc. We know them as gold records. And what that is, it's a certification system identifying the music that was recorded and had been shipped and sold in a number of certain units. So it was certified that they sold over a million copies. Then that recording followed it with a number of other successes through the rest of the decade. Now, for anyone who's not familiar with Roberta Martin, Roberta Martin was a gospel music composer, singer, pianist, arranger, and choral organizer who helped launch the careers of many other gospel artists through her group, the Roberta Martin Singers. And I'll do a show about her at a later time. She was also fantastic. And I recall as a uh, very little girl, my mother had both of those albums. As a matter of fact, the 
uh, Alex Bradford singers and Roberta Martin. And I remember looking at those beautiful album covers, just beautiful colors and with their robes <laughs> sitting around. So anyway, I digress. I'm talking about my childhood, but that was really, uh, those two albums were definitely in our home growing up. Now, as I mentioned about uh, Alex Bradford and the artists that he influenced, one of the artists um, such as Little Richard imitated Bradford's energetic style, ranging from a grovelly bass to a whopping falsetto and his flamboyant stage presence. And I'll play in a, in a second a, a clip of a song, I Found a Leak in the Building, which you can definitely hear where Little Richard pulled some of his style from Alex Bradford. Uh, and then not only did Little Richard imitate his style, it is written that Ray Charles used Bradford's vocal mannerisms and based them on the Raylettes. So you remember Ray Charles had the Raylettes. So he based those on the Bradford specials. And right now I'll let you hear a little clip of I found a leak in the building where you can definitely hear Alex Bradford and a little twinge of where little Richard got some of his stylings. I found a leak in, the building, in my building, in the building and my soul has got to Now, for those who are familiar with uh, any of Little Richard's music, you heard that sound and emotion in that song. So I can I can believe that I wasn't around then, but I could believe that. <laughs> now, his Alex Bradford's 1962 gospel song, Let the Lord Be Seen in Me, which was recorded on his one step an Angel on Vacation album was also recorded in 1964 by an emerging force in Jamaican music. Now, I'm just going to tell you that this is the information that I found. 
And I'll tell you about a little further research that I did. He influenced Bob Marley and the Spiritual Sisters. Now, Bob Marley later adopted the Rastafarian faith. But within the content of some of the information that I found, they indicate that Bob Marley was influenced by Alex Bradford. And that they also indicated that Bob Marley sang in a church. So I'm just bringing up the information that I found. And I did a little bit more research because it indicates that uh, Bob Marley later adopted the Rastafarian faith. uh, But along with his mother, at first he sang gospel in the local Shiloh Apostolic Church. Now, just to tell you a little bit for those who are not familiar with Bob Marley, Bob Marley was a Jamaican singer, musician, and songwriter, considered one of the pioneers of reggae. His musical career was marked by fusing elements of reggae, ska, and rock steady, as well as his distinctive vocal and songwriting styles. Now, Marley contributed uh, Marley, I'm sorry, Marley's con- contributions to music increased the visibility of Jamaican music worldwide and made him a global figure in popular culture to this day. Over the course of his career, Marley became known as a Rastaf. Now, for those who don't know about Bob Marley, um, he was a Jamaican singer, musician, and songwriter, considered one of the pioneers of reggae. His musical career was marked by fusing elements of reggae, ska, and rock steady, as well as his distinctive vocal and songwriting style. Bob Marley's contributions to music increased the visibility of Jamaican music worldwide and made him a global figure in popular culture to this day. Over the course of his career, Marley became known as a Rastafar icon, and he infused his music with a sense of spirituality. Now, Here's my follow-up on the information about Bob Marley. I did find evidence in my research that confirms Bob, my, Bob Marley sang gospel, never sang gospel, nor was a member of any Shiloh Apostolic Church, either in the United States or in Jamaica. The only evidence I found of Christianity of Bob Marley was at least a year or um maybe a few months before his death, when he was baptized into an Ethiopian Orthodox church and took the name Berhane Seslasi in 1980. Now, why am I getting so detailed? Because we must do as much research to try and be accurate as we can. I know my mind was blown when I saw initially and uh, read that says that Bob Marley was influenced by the singing 
of Alex Bradford and that he sang gospel in a church. But because I know there is so much more information about Bob Marley being a Rastafarian. Uh, and just to talk about what a Rastafarian is, a Rastafarian is a member of the Rastafarian religious movement. Rastafarians have distinctive codes of behavior and dress, including the wearing of dreadlocks, the smoking of cannabis, the rejection of Western medicine, and adherence to a diet which excludes pork, shellfish, and milk. Now, this is my disclaimer, is... When I do research, I try to follow up. That's why I add additional information when I'm highlighting someone who is no longer with us who cannot verify this information. So I do research and I research the people that they say that they're linked to to find out more. And it also helps to expand my knowledge about gospel music and gospel music artists. And part of my goal in looking for in information on artists is to inform and not give false information. So I try to get as much, much positive or common information as I possibly can before I come and start spouting off. Because I was, like I said, my mind was blown when I looked at this and read this information that said that. Alex Bradford influenced Bob Marley and that Bob Marley sang gospel music. And I wasn't sure about that. So that's why I did dig a little leap deeper. So I'll get back to talking about Professor Alex Bradford, who we're giving, I'm giving tribute on my show today. Now, Alex was part of one of the first black artists to have a gospel concert or performance in the Netherlands. So in 1961, when he recorded, when his recording career So in 1961, when his co recording career was on the decline, Bradford joined the cast of an off-Broadway show called Black Nativity, which was based on the writings of Langston Hughes that toured throughout Europe in 1962. Now, for those who listen to the show on a regular basis, know that I talked about Black Nativity a couple of um, episodes ago. So if you want to hear more about Black Nativity, I say take a listen to find out. I find it rather interesting. So as he was touring in, in Europe with this show, that was developed here in the United States and off-Broadway. Now, a member of the Alex Bradford Singers at that time was Madeline Bell, who settled in England after the show ended. For those who don't know Madeline Bell, Madeline Bell um, is an American soul singer who became famous as a performer in the UK during the 1960s and 70s with a pop group, Blue Mink. Having arrived from America in the gospel show, Black Nativity in 1962 with the vocal group, The Bradford Singers. 
Bell was born in Newark, New Jersey. She worked as a session singer, most notably backing Dusty Springfield. And she can be found on early Donna Summer material as well. Her first major solo hit was a cover version of Dee Dee Warwick's single, I'm Going to Make You Love Me, which performed better on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 than the original. Now, I'll talk a little bit about Dee Dee Warwick as well. Dee Dee Warwick was Dion Warwick's sister. And I'll talk about the relationship between Alex Bradford and the Warwick sisters. Now, Alex Bradford appeared in yet another off-Broadway stage show, Don't Bother Me, I Can't Cope. And in a few episodes later, I'll talk about that as well. I just find it rather interesting, the dynamic between gospel music and some of these productions, these off-Broadway productions that were done. Now, Don't Bother Me, I Can't Cope is a musical uh, review that was first staged in 1971 with music, lyrics, and a book by Mickey Grant. It was originally produced by Edward Padilla. Now, this is an all-singing, all-dancing show which focuses on the African-American experience with songs on such topics as tenements, slumlords, ghetto life, student protests, Black power, and feminism. Of course, during that time, that's what was the main topic. The music is a mixture of gospel, jazz, funk, soul, calypso, and soft rock. Now, this show had its first staging at Ford's Theater in Washington, D.C. from September 15th to October 10th in 1971, with subsequent stagings at the Locust and Walnut Street Theaters in Philadelphia. Now, for this show, Don't Bother Me, I Can't Cope, Alex Bradford won an Obie Award in 1972. Now, for those who are not familiar with the Obie Awards, that is an award show for off-Broadway theater. And these were annual awards that were originally given to the Village Voice, I'm sorry, given by the Village Voice newspaper to theater artists and groups in New York City. So in 19, I'm sorry, Alex Bradford uh, won an Obie Award in 1972 for Don't Bother Me, I Can't Cope. Now, for those who are not familiar with the Obie Awards, those are off-Broadway theater awards that are annually given, and they were originally given by the Village Voice newspaper, to theater artists and groups in New York City. In September 2014, the awards were jointly presented and administered. The awards were jointly presented and administered with the American Theater Wing. 
as the Tony Awards cover Broadway productions, the Obie Awards cover off-Broadway productions. Now, prior to those accolades, in, in 1967, Alex Bradford won in another stage play, or he was presented in another stage play called The Sailor and the Devil, but only his voice was used. So here we see that as his recording career was waning down, then Alex reinvented himself by becoming part of these stage plays. Now, Alex Bradford composed the music and wrote the lyrics for Your Arms Too Short to Box with God. Here's yet another one I might talk about. <laughs> A gospel musical where he also sang now, just to tell, a, I'll I'll take a, a step back into the, I'll step into the past of me, uh, younger. I remember my mother taking uh, me to see your arms too short to box with God, would featured Patty Labelle, and to my understanding, they rewrote a lot of the scripting for Patti LaBelle to perform in your arms too short to box with God. So if anybody is a Patti LaBelle fan, uh, such as I am, <laughs> take a look and check that out because it was originally written, the music and everything was written by uh, Alex Bradford. Now, it ran on Broadway, Your Arms Too Short to Box with God, and was performed at the Ford's Theater in 1975. Alex Bradford was nominated for a Tony and Grammy Awards for that show. Now, as mentioned earlier, he'd received an Obie Award for the off-Broadway productions for his role in the play, Don't Bother Me, I Can't Cope, which he also had composed the music for that production. Now, Alex was the composer and performer of one of the biggest selling gospel records, Too Close to Heaven, which sold over a million copies in 1954. He spent much of his time helping such singers as, and I told you I'd get back to this, Dion and Dee Dee Warwick, Judy Clay and C, and The Shells. He wrote for Nancy Wilson, Della Reese, Sam Cooke, and Jackie Verdell, just to name a few additional people that he wrote for. And he was interviewed by gospel historian Tony Hilbert that wrote about Alex Bradford, noting his compositions for Laverne Baker in the early 1960s may have been the first marriage of gospel and pop sounds in the pre-soul era. Mr. Bradford, however, never concentrated exclusively on pop music and its commercial awards. He said he was not tempted to make the switch, as had many of his fellow artists, such as Aretha Franklin, Lou Rawls, Sam Cooke, and Johnny Taylor. Professor Bradford also quoted as saying, I've sung the blues and lived the pop life. When I was in the Army, in World War II, I used to entertain the troops at camp shows by singing the blues. 
and I've written many songs for pop stars. I really don't need to make any transition. I've already been there. I also know that many artists who switch to pop forget all about gospel, and I can't do that. As I mentioned uh, earlier, that Alex Bradford lived in Chicago for a period of time after getting out of the Army. And then he later moved to Newark, New Jersey, where he remained until his death. Now, he and his wife, Alberta, formed a 60-member creative movement repertoire theater, which performs on the East Coast. Alex Bradford was quoted as saying he preferred theater work to touring with singing groups. Now I want to talk a little bit about his discography. And I'm going to tell you, it took me a long time to learn how to pronounce that word correctly. <laughs> but anyway, this is uh, what Doc, Professor Alex Bradford. Now moving on to Professor Alex Bradford's discography. I'm not going to tell you how long it took me to learn how to say that word. <laughs> in 1954, Too Close to Heaven was a single 78, and it was released by the Bradford Spirituals on Specialty Records label. In 1959, Walking with the King. Now, that's the one I told you that um, we had it in our home. And I mean, that is a beautiful album cover. In 1960, the Abbasian Baptist Gospel Choir, under the direction of Professor Alex Bradford, called Shaking the Rafters. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I was so moved by this. I am going to play a little clip of it in a bit, but I just want to talk about the Abyssinian Church. A group of Afro-Americans which consisted of 12 women and four men who refused to accept segregation seating in the First Baptist Church of New York City. This small group formed the Abyssinian Baptist Church in Lower Manhattan, New York in 1808. Wow, that is some deep history there because they're still standing. Uh, the church name was inspired by the ancient name of Ethiopia, Abyssinia. Reverend Thomas Paul, an Afro-American minister from Boston, aided the new congregation in becoming organized as the first African-American Baptist church in New York State. Wow. <laughs> and in purchasing its first church home, the Reverend John Van Vessler became Abyssinian's first pastor. Now with this album release, this may have been where the idea or the statements that Professor Alex Bradford helped bring about the modern mass choir movement and gospel because the choir was a massive 120 voice group led by one of gospel's greatest creative figures and featuring some of Bradford's greatest songs, such as 
I want to ride that train to glory. Said I wasn't going to tell nobody. Okay. <laughs> he stays in my room. Mm, that one. The Lord will make a way somehow. Plus a fabulous The Lord's Prayer with extensive annotation by Leonard Goings, produced by John Hammond. But that meant he left Bradford alone to let the sounds down his way, to get the sounds down his way. Plus a fabulous The Lord's Prayer, extensive annotation by Leonard Goings, Produced by John Hammond, but that meant he left Alex Bradford alone to get the sounds down his way, and it worked big time. That was a quote by Dave Marsh. And I would like to play a little clip of He Stays in My Room. Oh, my goodness. And I'll come back and talk about that the movement. Just listen.
So now you see why that statement was made <laughs> about giving him his way. So you listen to the song and you think they're getting ready to do some romp stomping. And then they break out into this slow hymn. But listening to the robust sound of the foot stomping, the hand clapping, it lets you know that this was a full mass choir. And I'm assuming that's where the phrase came from of, of him being a, a mass choir <laughs> movement. Now, he stays in my room. Uh, you can distinctly hear the rafters speak out as well as hearing Alex Bradford lead the choir and church on a spiritual journey of remembering what God has done. We then hear Pastor join in and giving a ser his sermon of testimony. So if you listen to the entire recording, it's like eight minutes or so. And then the pastor comes in and, and gives us a sermon of testimony. It reminds me of times when uh, when I was visiting my grandmother as a little girl and would go to her home church and would see the transition and the transactions in the church. Just, I mean, just bringing back floods and floods of wonderful memories. And it's probably the reason why I have such a, a heart for gospel music and love of gospel music. But I'll continue on talking about Dr. Alex Bradford and not about me. <laughs> In 1992, there were several recordings that came out. So Alex Bradford produced a another album called One Step. And then another album came out, I'm Going to Work Till the Day is Done. And then Alex Bradford and the Bradford Singers produced an album. One of the favorite songs uh, is A Highway to Heaven. And on this one, I watched this video on YouTube and talk about the movements that the choir had. You know, some people think that these movements that choirs had just started coming about, you know, of the, the recent times. But just looking at some of these videos of and listening to some of these songs, A Highway to Heaven. This is where you see some choreography going on where not only do the Bradford singers um, have this movement across the stage, when they come back, they bring another group of people with them. <laughs> I thought that was so cool. And at that point, uh, Henrietta Wadi steps out and she talks on this video. Now, for those who are not familiar with Henrietta Wadi, uh, she was a Philadelphia native and gospel singer. She spent most of her life singing gospel music, and for more than 50 years, she toured nationally and internationally from local churches to concert halls. Like most of those whom she sang, Henrietta Wadi had her start singing with a gospel chorus at her church, Mount Carmel Baptist Church in West Philadelphia. Shortly after World War II, she became one of the original Ward Singers with Clara Ward and the Ward Singers. 
Henrietta appeared in concerts in Town Hall, Madison Square Garden, Carnegie Hall, Apollo Theater, Philharmonic Hall, at Disney, um, uh, at Disneyland, because we have so many different Disneys, uh, at Disneyland, and at Newport and Monterey Jazz Festivals. She also appeared with the singers on tour in Europe and Asia. After she was cited and recognized in 1958 as one of the international figures in gospel singing, she joined the Stars of Faith and toured Europe for 12 years in 1971 while appearing in Yugoslavia. She was honored for her work in spreading the gospel throughout Europe. Among her achievements, she counted appearances at the Academy of Music, the Museum of Modern Art, the Coventry Cathedral in England, and Spoleto Festival in Italy, and royal performances in England and Belgium. Henrietta appeared in the cast of The Black Nativity, a gospel music written by the late Langston Hughes, and after a few short appearances in New York and Philadelphia, she toured with the play in Europe for over three years. Now, unfortunately, Ms. Wadi passed in 1981 at the age of 79 in her West Philadelphia home, having no immediate survivors. So there was no one to reach out to to talk about her history, but I'll try and do as much as I can to find out more about her as well. I found a, and I tell you about, I do research and I look around and try to find different resources. So in the 1970s, Professor Alex Bradford was billed and promoted as Mr. Too Close to Heaven, internationally known gospel singer for a press release and for booking engagements. Now, this was put out by ANA Music Enterprises located in Newark, New Jersey. And I was like, man, I'd really like to find some information about that and, and how that promotion went. But I did more research and I couldn't find the company. However, based on the address on the flyer, it seems to be a private re residence, which was not uncommon because many artists had their home address and phone numbers listed on advertisements. Now, my my further thought is that the PR company was just another random uh, thought of it actually being Alex and his wife, Alberto. But don't quote me on this because <laughs> I'm not sure. It's just a random thought and just another random thought of mine. And I'll, I'll talk about this, you know, in thinking about the homes that people lived in is that I'm wondering if it's possible to preserve some of the gospel pioneers' homes and convert them into small museums showcasing their lifelong work and the influences or connections which grew and sparked others to follow in gospel music steps. So in other words, what I'm saying is maybe since there is not one central museum for gospel music, Maybe in some of the homes, like Mahalia Jackson's home, 
to put up some of the works and have little videos or something in her her home or some of the others like uh, the late Reverend James Cleveland to turn the home that they lived in that they you know most of them developed in because they'd have piano a piano definitely have a piano in the house <laughs> but to make that into uh, like a museum so that we can literally see their works and where they lived and where they're created. So that's just an idea. That's just me. Now, uh, unfortunately, we lost uh, Alex Bradford in 1978 at the age of 51. Uh, and it, the notes say that he died of a stroke. And at the time of his death, he was still preparing music for your arms too short to box with God. And in 1978, there was a 20 pack, I'm sorry, 20 track compilation entitled The Last Goodbye, which was published. And I found that there was no additional information about his death other than the fact that he uh, died of a stroke in Newark, New Jersey. Now, the Reverend Donald Stokes, former Newarker, I think that's what they call him, <laughs> but now of Philadelphia, honored Mrs. Alex Bradford, the widow of the famed gospel hero, at a memorial for the late May Murdoch, who was a beautician leader at a town and campus in Union. And this is part of the tribute is Alex Bradford, a gospel singer, composer, and minister of the great Abyssinian Baptist Church in New York, died in his sleep at Beth Israel Hospital yesterday two, after two weeks of suffering from a stroke. He was also known as Professor Bradford a firm believer in bringing the music and ritual of Black gospel serves to the secular theater. He collaborated on a number of gospel plays with Vinette Carroll, director of the Urban Arts Corp. In 1961, he appeared on the Broadway show, well, it was an off-Broadway show, Black Nativity, directed by Vanette Carroll. Their most recent collaboration was Your Arms Too Short to Box with God, for which he wrote most of the music. The play opened at the Lysum Theater in December 1976, it ran for a year, and was nominated for several Tony Awards. Mr. Bradford won an Obie Award for his role in the musical Don't Bother Me, I Can't Cope which, like Black Nativity, was first seen at the Festival of Two Worlds in Spolato, Italy. That following October, he was invited to perform at the White House. Mr. Bradford first came to prominence in 1953 
when his album of gospel music, Too Close to Heaven, sold a million copies after graduation from Alabama's Snow Hill Normal and Industrial Institute. He had appeared in Chicago with such gospel singers as Mahalia Jackson, Claire Ward, and Willie Webb. In the 1950s, he toured the country with his gospel group, the Bradford Singers, which also appeared at the Newport Jazz Festival. At his death, Mr. Bradford was at work in development of the Creative Movement Repertoire Company and Performing Group and Theater Arts Training Project for Young People in Newark. Now, something that I didn't talk about earlier, uh, and I'll try and find out more information about this, is that Mrs. Bradford shared many hours of great gospel music with Chesapeake Choral Union. As a union's first minister of music, she shared the good old songs of her late husband, Mr. Alex Bradford, as well as the songs that she was inspired to write. In addition, she was a noted pianist and played for several groups, including Bradford's group, the Stars of Faith, and traveled with the cast of Black Nativity. The Chesapeake Choral Union sang at Mrs. Bradford's homegoing services. And I'd like to do research and find out more about them. Just giving honor to one of our gospel greats, our gospel goal, Professor Alex Bradford. And if you haven't heard him or heard of any of his music, check him out sometime. <laughs> I thought maybe I'd be able to play a little snippet of this the um of Alex Bradford the song titled Too Close where he sang live in 1957 at the Newport Jazz Festival God bless you and especially for all you fine people assembled here those of you who may have known of us before today we're going to sing for you the record that brought us to your attention our biggest selling record to date, another one of our own compositions, and it goes like this. I'm too close. back into a world of sin and I wouldn't take nothing for my journey right now Somehow 
too close I can almost reach my goal I said I'm too close to finally saving my soul I said I'm Hallelujah to hell. Yeah, you know I can't turn around. No, I can't turn around. I'm too close. can almost see my God's face. Yeah, I'm too close. And I told him I'd tell the world how I love this old race. And the reason I'm so close, not because I've always been right, but for some reason, he's been holding Holding, holding to my hand And I know He'll lead me to that land ah, I said I'm too close <laughs> Did he hit that note or what? Come on now And you hear his wife playing the piano I hope you enjoy this episode. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this tribute show honoring the memory of the late Professor Alex Bradford in this segment on Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. These shows are to explore record and raise excitement about gospel music and its gold. I hope you, the audience, enjoyed this episode as much as I have. Please send me an email sharing your thoughts about this show segment. Also, if you have any suggestions of future guests you would like to hear on the show, send an email to letstalktogmg at gmail.com. You may also like and share the podcast episode or you may subscribe to be alerted when the newest show is published. There's now a Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold radio show on WMRMDB internet radio station that takes place on Saturday mornings, 9 o'clock a.m. Central Standard Time, 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm your host and Sonia saying, let's sing, let's shout, and tell of the great news through Gospel Music Gold. Until the next episode, take care and God bless.
This episode has been sponsored by Nelsie IT. The disaster has happened. We were all caught off guard March 2020. And in many cases, there is now a rebuilding process which must take place. How does this affect you as a church leader or a small business owner? With over 20 years of experience, we can help you create an emergency response and a business continuity plan for your church or your small business. We discuss methods of preparing for the next emergency or disaster. Here are a few things we can speak to you about for your church. How to continue communicating with your congregants without access to your physical location. How do members reach the leadership staff? What about church records? Are they safe and available? And here are a few things we will cover for a small business. Communicating with your customers and meeting their needs and or orders. Do you have a backup process to keep your business records safe? We can talk about technology, security, and record keeping. For more information, contact us at 708-762-3587. That's 708-762-3587. And we can discuss how you can feel more comfortable in creating a emergency response plan and or a business continuity plan.